This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group, and today we're talking with Eric Muller, president at WP Services, an IT consulting firm. Thanks so much for joining us today, Eric. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Howard. The new guidelines for Stage 2 of the High-Tech Electronic Health Record Incentive Program will be uh, coming out this week. Uh, do you think these guidelines could provide a strong catalyst for ramped-up investments in information security? You know, I think what they'll do, Howard, is I think they'll offer some direction. Many healthcare entities struggle with technology, with trying to figure out technology, especially as it relates to endpoints, patient portals. There's a lot of new initiatives now. The new direction, I think, will, will offer some specificity and some direction for providers who are really looking for it, especially around technology like patient portals, around endpoints like tablets, cell phones, things of that nature. So yes, I, I think it will be a catalyst because it will, it will answer some specific questions that I think everyone's struggling with right now. Despite all the publicity about major health information breaches involving the loss or theft of unencrypted devices or media, many organizations have yet to encrypt all their mobile devices and media. Why do you think that's the case, and what will it take to get more CIOs and CEOs as well to support investing in encryption as well as other security technologies? I think right now there's a big divide, Howard, when it comes to security and compliance and technology. I think security and compliance is working against IT at times and stifling innovation because things aren't communicated. They're having a really difficult time working through that. I don't know another way to put it. It's, it's a communication barrier. So I think IT is trying to get involved in the compliance process because it is no longer just an IT security problem. Right? Intrusion detection, pin testing, and those type of things. Yes, that's one part, part of it, of course, but now you have process, you have people, you have endpoints. That's a whole other process. So bridging the gap between the security and compliance team and the IT team, I think, is, is really what's required to be that catalyst. Right? I think that's the most important thing. I think once everyone starts talking on the same page, and the technology side of organizations realizes that it's not innovation that compliance is trying to, to stop, it, that they're just trying to reduce the risk, right? So once everyone gets their, their priorities aligned, then I think that'll be the, the right catalyst, right? That'll be the right, um, the right standpoint to move these things forward. So why isn't encryption more widespread? You know, it's... It, so if you, if you look at the basis of encryption, right, it's simple. It's been around for a long, long time. Healthcare entities communicate today and have been communicating for many years through encrypted FTP. That's how most of the data is shared between providers and payers today. So when you add encryption into the workplace, you have a lot of different discussions. You have um, data that's in transit. You have data that's stored. And then you have the NIST standards, right? And the NIST standards clearly define here's how we interpret encryption. Well, when you try to operationalize that as a provider or a payer or a covered entity, it's not just as simple as encrypting everything, right? Because now you have increased storage needs, you have complexity, right, around how the data is, is um, organized, 
and how it's accessed. That increases cost, right? Increases storage capacity, especially. And then on the device side, I really don't have a good answer for that. Um, because it, if you're accessing data, and the history tells us, it's pretty clear that when there's a breach, and it's because of a, a, a worker who has extracted information, it's on a laptop, it's left on a bus, it's left in a cafe, um, there's no good excuse for not encrypting those devices. That's a really quite easy thing to do. When you talk about operationalizing encryption, right, especially as it relates to analytics and BI, that's certainly more complicated. It's problems that can be solved, of course, but I think that they're two different problems, right? Encryption locally, centralized encryption as an organization, that's, that's one thing. And then there's those endpoints and making sure that my, my laptops, my storage, my zip drives, my thumb drives, that everything that can connect to an interface of some kind is encrypted. What other advice would you offer to information security professionals who are trying to win senior executive support for ramping up security efforts and providing uh, adequate funding? Uh, how, how do you enlist the buy-in of your CEO? So I think it's, it's important to focus on the fact, right? When you focus on the facts, there's not a lot of, of legislation, there's not a lot of um, court precedent that points to, if you don't do this, it will cost you this, right? But when you start talking about the tangibles, obviously there's fines, right? We know what the risk is there. But there's that, un that, that aspect of a breach when you have to release information to the media and the media has to announce that, that you've had a patient breach. That loss of market confidence and market share is very difficult to equate. I think a good answer for this is, um, or a good example of this, is the online shoe store, Zappos. They had a data breach. And my wife has used that, that site quite often. Well, she, I was talking, I was watching her the other day and she went to Amazon. I said, why didn't you go to Zappos? She said, well, the, my data's not secure. And in reality, that's probably the most secure that that site and that company has ever been. But that market perception and when you lose customers who decide to go to you know, the hospital down the street who may have not nearly as good services because of a perception issue, that's what's going to get executives' attention. So it's the fear of bad publicity from a breach enough of a motivation to get the CEO on board now? It's, you have to explain that if you don't do something, what does that mean to your business, right? So it's, it's, I guess it's better said to operationalize the risk, saying that it's not just as simple as a, as a fine. It's not just as simple as a, as a breach violation. If this happens, here's how it plays out through the system. Here's how, not in security terms, not in compliance terms, but in terms that a CFO, a COO, and a CEO will understand is that you, you stand to lose market share. You stand to lose a percentage of your clients, of your available patients, because of a perception issue. When reimbursements are reducing, when market share is struggling, when reimbursement models now are shifting, when you talk about that uncertainty, that's very difficult for a CEO to swallow, right? So I think to answer your question, Howard, it's making sure that you explain the problem in terms that the executives understand, right? It's not a breach. It's not a fine. 
there's long-term business consequences, right? And, and I think if it's explained that way, they get it, right? They will get it. But today, is there generally a lack of awareness of all that among senior executives, you think? It's, it's fuzzy, right? I think many senior executives, when you talk about security, there's this big layer of security, and then inside of it is magic. <laughs> right, it is. And I think that's how security is, is viewed. It's, it's largely viewed as an IT problem, right? It's security is it's making sure that my firewalls are in place and making sure that my website is, is not hacked. Well, really when it comes down to it, security and compliance, it's also on the process side. It's about how patient data is entered. It is, it is about how documentation is stored in transit when you transcribe notes and you leave it in the hallway and you don't securely um, deal with that information, most organizations don't understand that. It is, again, it's making sure that the message is, is succinct. Very good. Well, thanks very much, Eric. We've been talking today with Eric Muller of WPC Services. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.